Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment with our good friend, coach, mentor, and dare I say, tormentor, John Opaluski. How are you today, John? Jim, I'm good. Just good to spend some time with you, uh, recording pods, uh, catching up a little bit. Uh, just my day's always better when I get to spend some time with you. Same here. Same here. Well, this is this is pod number 91. And why don't you just kind of give us a, a rundown. What are we talking about in 91 and 92 as well? Yeah, in 91, we're going to introduce this concept of shaping the culture you need. Uh, yeah. I, I think every church, every business already has a culture. Yeah. Um, whether you, uh, you you acknowledge that or not, but uh, let's be let's be honest. Some some businesses, some churches have wonderfully healthy cultures, and uh, yeah. others not so much. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about things we never learned in Bible school. No, <laughs> no, we really do. We yeah. spend a lot of time talking about that stuff. Today's one of those. Today's subject yeah. is one of those things that yeah. I was never taught in Bible school. It's funny because it, it is theological. There, there is, I mean, you could use the, the Greek or Latin, the ethos, you know, that, that sort of thing. But it, but it certainly is. I, it has always been there. Jesus created a culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, apostles brought culture from one kingdom to another, that sort of thing. That's, so yep. culture is not a non-biblical thing. But, I, but again, I, I think we think, well, is it theological? Well, it's too practical to be theological. <laughs> but it, this is it. A, a great culture, you know, when people know what to do and no one tells them what to do, because it's just the culture of this place, you feel yeah. it. Yeah, a friendly church, inviting place, a spiritual environment, the humility of the leaders or, or arrogance and judgmentalism. You can feel it walking in. It doesn't take long before you know whether you're in the right place or the wrong place. And it's not doctrine because no one said a word yet. It's culture. Yeah. It's a, I'm welcome here or I'm not. In the first 90 seconds of arriving on the property, you know the culture of the church to some degree and yeah. you're already responding to it. That's right. And that that's really true. That happens a lot. So when when we talk to leaders about shaping culture, yeah. uh, sometimes we get head nods and, and immediate buy-in. Um, okay. Other times we get blank stares and shoulder shrugs. But yeah. here's the truth about culture. Culture is fuel. Yes. And, you, you know, Jim, we, we encourage churches to craft vision and develop a playbook. And you can craft an amazing vision a compelling vision, a mouthwatering picture of this destination down the road. You can have a dynamic playbook, but only a healthy culture provides the fuel mm-hmm. for that vision and playbook to become reality. And so what we're going to talk about today matters so much because culture has the, has the capacity to fuel the vision that God has put in your heart or the organization. you This works in churches, this works in businesses. Yes. Yeah. But a, but a toxic culture will always win over a great vision and a great playbook. Yes. So that's why we're talking about it today, because it matters so much. So um, in this first uh, pod 91, part one of this, I would like to talk about just simply identifying okay. core values. Um, <clears throat> you know, I worked in the in the uh, business arena for 20 years and every company that I worked for had core values that were on the wall. Yeah. 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 Um, but only one of those companies actually did those actually mean anything. <laughs> you think the same is true of churches? I don't know. I, I, I hope not. 
you know, but yeah. I would suspect that there might be a few, few churches where that is the case, maybe more than a few. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'd like to talk about how, what, let's do this. Let's talk about what core values aren't first. Mm-hmm. Why don't we get that out of the way, right? So core values are not aspirational. By that, I mean, you know, an aspirational value is a value that an organization wants to have. You know, right. they, they wish it already had it, or they believe they have to develop this thing in order to maximize success or reach their, their goals. Right. Aspirational values are different than core values. Okay. Um, core values are already there they're already functioning. You may not know, have put a name to them yet. You may not even understand that they're operating. Core values do not change over time. They don't come and go with the needs of the organization. Um, So when we identified the core values of Converge Coaching Gym, we were already operating that way. Mm -hmm. But it just required me to take a step back and think about what are the most important behaviors right, right. here at our company? And it took me, once I took a step back and thought about it for a little bit, I thought, oh, that one's, that, that. We, I identified four within a few hours. Right. So we had to right. do some work after that and we're going to talk about it, but their, their core values are identified. Okay. They're already operating. And I'm getting into this, uh, into the second part of this. Okay. Um, aspirational values are things that you wish you had. So right. They're different. Does that make sense? I, I think it does. So an aspirational value would be, we're going to be the nicest church. We're going to be the most spiritual church. We're going to be that we're not, but we're, but we're going to be. That's more of a, a dream, not a, not a core value. Correct. And value is the way we're going to get to there is by these things that we, that we are, that we firmly believe. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're not aspirational core values are not permission to play values. Okay, explain so, that one. So some uh, some companies I worked for had um, integrity as one of the core values, and I or honesty or respect for others. You know, to me, if you don't have those, you don't even you shouldn't even be in the building, right? <laughs> it's, those are just permission to get on the field. Yeah, we expect that out of anybody right. who comes to work uh, with Converge Coaching. Yeah, um, you should expect that from anybody who comes to work at the church you lead, um, yeah. it, those are permission to play. Here's what core values are. Now we, we already kind of talked about this first one. They are identified more than they are created. Right. There, there are these behavioral traits that are inherent in an organization. And I think if I asked you, Jim, you could take a step back yeah. and look at the church that you lead and you would be able to kind of rattle those off. Like, you know, here's, yeah. here's the, here's the heart of our organization's identity. And I, 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 I see it here. Here's what they are. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Now you, you said in a few hours, you identified four. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that process. How did you say like, you can't choose 40 because that doesn't make sense. It's hard to make an acronym out of 40. 40 qualities yeah. or didn't focus on them. But when you found your first one, do you remember what the first one was and how you arrived? What questions did you ask yourself to get that yeah. one core value? I just took a step back and, and I asked myself, what's important to me? Yeah. You know, what's important to, to uh, the team? What, uh, what 
what is a what is a behavior that we'll go to the mat for right so that that if it gets transgressed we just say no that that's not acceptable here right so so the, uh, the first one i landed on was compassion and mm-hmm. that was just a word now it we we've taken it's on my whiteboard here in my office um yeah. it's compassion driven mm-hmm. and so I realized that God had given us this ability to step into the pain of our clients and that when we work with our clients, they, they know that we feel, and that sounds a little, a little like syrupy, but we actually feel their pain. We, because we've been in pain. Right. And so that, that, that behavior, Jim, matters so much. Right. So if I catch myself working with a client and I don't have that kind of compassion for them, I know that something's not right. It's, right. it's, like, it's almost like this rumble strip, right, on the freeway. Right. And I, if I veer off the freeway and I hit a rumble strip, my whole car shakes. It makes this obnoxiously not loud noise. Yeah. And I instinctively course correct. Right. That's exactly what a core value does. So gotcha. when I when I am working with a client and I'm not compassionate, I'm not stepping into that with them and feeling that with them, I know either I'm I'm suffering from compassion fatigue or mm-hmm. um, there's something that I'm missing I'm, that's broken that needs attention in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm bumping up against that. Look, we don't do this because... Um, we think we know better than you. We don't do this because, hey, we've got ABC. You just follow our little program here and, our, and your life will be beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not why we do it. We do it because we, we think that leaders need an ear, a listening ear, a competent ear, but a caring ear. Yes. And, and so uh, does that help kind of flesh that out a little bit? It does because it says Converge cares about the person so that the person can care for the organization. So right. it isn't how to, how to 10x your organization. It's how to be sane as you, you know, as you, as you grow, uh, how to stay married, how to stay healthy, how to stay, you know, right. you through the process. Yeah. yeah. So let, let me ask you this. If I'm a client, I sit down with you and, and you know, there's that half hour, just, just call us and we'll, we'll talk you through some things type, mm-hmm. uh, you know, contact form. And, and we have a half hour and I said, John, I, I really don't know. I, I mean, it's nebulous to me. I, we're a yeah. church. So loving God should be on that list. You know, loving each other should be on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, potlucks, you know, every Thursday should be on that list. Like, where do, how do you, how do you know when to cut the list off? But like, I mean, how would you, how would you lead me through that process of, of defining so I can communicate these, these core values? Yeah, there would be some questions I'd want to ask you. Yeah. Um, and walk you through a series of questions and in, in, in no particular order here. Yeah. Um, so I think I have number four here, but I'm going to use that one first. Um, yeah. If I, I, I ask a pastor to, to ask himself this question, if you could clone anybody in the organization you lead, who would that be? Good one. And they, I mean, that doesn't take them very long, right? They, no, I, I instantly knew who, who you were talking about. Right. Yeah. And then I follow up with why. Yes. What stands out about them that would make you want 10 more of them? Right. And I want you to start to list those qualities that you right. see in them. That this is like putting a puzzle together. 
So they come up with a list, five, six, 10 things. And so that's part of our conversation. And we put that off to the side for a minute. I asked, then I follow up by saying something like this, is that trait inherent and natural for your organization? Mm-hmm. And has it been apparent for the organization in the organization for a while? And then we give them time to respond to that. And right. we kind of work through that together. Um, here's a good question we ask them. Uh, are you more committed to that value than the majority of other organizations who do what you do? Right. So, right. I, you know, our fourth core value is healthy work rest rhythm. Yes. I, be- I believe this, that we are more <laughs> committed to that than yeah. most organizations. Yes. For the right who reasons. Do, who do what we do. Yeah. And we, um, we value that. We hold that in high regard. I've had conversations with you about, about, about that. You've had yes. conversations with me about that. We hold yeah. each other accountable to that. And I hold the team accountable to it. Yeah. Now, that, that's kind of the, at our church, sometimes we'll take temperatures at the door for our, those who are serving with children you know, during the COVID thing. We were doing that in this last year. And I think that's, I think when you and I take each other's temperature, that's probably the question we're asking most often. You know, how are you? Doesn't mean what you have for dinner last night. It means right. how is your your work and rest and and how are those things all coming together? That's right. If you're overwhelmed, how can I help you? If you're underwhelmed, you know, how can how can we uh, get you reengaged and, and to each other? Yeah. And so, you know, it probably is um, a couple of conversations with a lead pastor um, or a business owner around yeah. those questions, and they begin to formulate the pieces and parts of it. And I have them. Uh, uh, spit them back out to me. We toss them around uh, back and forth. And, uh, and we come up usually with a list of six or seven things. Now we have four core values. And the reason I did that is because I want to be able to remember them. Yeah. (laughs) And I want my team to remember them. Yeah. Um, And uh, so if you've got 14, it's going to be really hard for people to latch on to that. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of the beginning, Jim, of the conversation with a leader. Um, Now we're kind of buttoned up against time here. So I think what I'd like to do is take take us through what are some of the next steps in pod number 92. Like, okay, once we've got this um, identification, and when I say identification, it's not in cement, right? These are five or six values that we think we see are inherent, that we are really committed to. We behave this way yeah. And, it, and it's important to us. Um, what we're going to talk about next is in the next part is how do we really refine that? How do we how right. do we give power to those ideas? And then how do we actually use them to start right. shaping the culture yeah. uh, that we need? So does that sound like a good plan? I love it because it takes a volunteer into a role of being a partner. A, a volunteer does the job you ask them to do. A partner does a job you ask them to do for the same reason that you're doing what you're doing. There's a, there's a shared value. There's a shared, we exist to, you know, right. that, that we, man, I tell you what, that's that volunteers are tough to find. Partners are priceless. People that yeah. really see it too. And, and uh, that's true. Jim, if I could just say one more thing. Yeah. Um, yes. So we always start with the leader. Yeah. We never start this conversation with the congregation. We never yeah. start it with the volunteer force. No. We always start with the lead pastor. Yes. And then then work that through with his staff. And we, we say this to them. Um, 
very early in that process. You are the culture of this church. Yes. It starts here. And, and if you guys don't get this, uh, good luck with trying to get your church to get it. And so that's why we start there. So in the next part, I'd like to kind of unpack more of this, this thought process. We have a saying for that that helps us remember it as I'll I'll walk through the four away during something and I'll see a couple of staff members out there having a conversation. It's like, Oh no, no, that's people learn what's important by watching what important people do. Mm. And so we say one of our core values is we exist to worship with all of our heart and you're standing out talking about your golf score. Like that would be a, that would contradict, but we have said our culture is people learn what's important by right. watching what, what important people do. So we, we stack chairs and we pick up trash because no one here is above serving. That's, mm-hmm. you know, we, when we're worshiping, we're all inside worshiping. When we're, when the word's being preached, we're in the front row, we got our notepads out. Why? Cause, cause people are learning what's important by watching what important people do. And, uh, and our lives have to say amen to that, to those values, or they're just contradictory. So, right. John, that's brilliant. I, I, I really look forward. Can you give us a little taste of what we're going to be doing in the next, in, in, in pod number 92? Uh, yeah, we're going to define, and how, we're going to talk about how do I refine these values. Now, I've got yeah. five or six, seven of these ideas that I really think are are true about us. Yeah. How do I, how do I add clarity and power to those? Right. So that they mean something to me and to my team that further down the road, we push that down into the volunteer teams, into the yes. entire organization as a whole. So we're going to talk about that, how to refine those so they have some power, and then how to actually shape your culture using the values. Perfect. So that's what's coming up in 92. I think this is a good to great principle or one of those, but there's some of the flywheel principle. Remember that one where you, mm-hmm. it's, it's a huge, heavy flywheel. It takes all your effort to get it rolling, but, but once it gets rolling, you can actually take your hands off of it and it'll continue to spin yep. without you doing it. And I think that's, I think it's a Jim Collins uh, principle, it but I, it's a good one here. Culture will keep spinning even when you take your hands off it. And that's right. you have to have that. So John, thank you for your wisdom and your insight. I, and again, you have, more relationships with more leaders than anybody else I know. And then you get to take all these things you've learned and, and kind of make them simple and practical so we can have the advantage of your experience. Thank you so much for doing this. My and pleasure. if we want to get a hold of you, I, I mentioned about having a conversation. How would they get a hold of you to have that conversation? Yeah, if they just go over to our website, convergecoach.com, yeah. we have a contact us link and that brings up a little form that they would fill out and they just give us their name and tell us a little bit about the issue they would like to discuss. And we'll talk for a half hour and see if there's anything we can do to be helpful to you. And these are good things like this. These are bad things like going through a hard time. This is however we can help. We're here to help. So God bless you and those of who joined us today and been a part of this uh, pod number 91, 92, 91, 91, 91. And uh, we look forward to 92, which we're going to be uh, airing here this next week. And God bless you. We pray for you. We love you. And we hope that you'll continue to lead from the line.